Hello, this is Bill Steer from the group Carcass, and you're listening to Metal on Loud. Thank you uh, for joining the podcast. How are things in your world? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I really can't complain. How about you? <laughs> I can't complain either. It's a uh, vacation for me and perfect weather, so all good yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty good. So uh, you're uh, getting ready to release uh, your new album, Torn Arteries. Mm. You must be quite excited. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Probably the best word I could use would be relieved because mm -hmm. uh, I guess it's close to two years since we finished this thing mm -hmm. and obviously a lot longer since we started it. So, um, yeah, it would just be a nice feeling to put it out there and, and feel as if we can move forward. How have you uh, looked at the album um, the last two years, uh, sitting on it, have you um, been replaying it, or has it just been on mm -hmm. the shelf? Well, yeah, I mean, there was no question about changing anything because we, we'd completed the mixes months before um, the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. But um, for me personally, I thought the right thing to do was n would be not to listen to the record for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of clear my head out a bit. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't go near the thing for, for many months, maybe a year even. Um, and sure enough, when I went back, it was it was fresh again. So um, yeah, I think you're always going to be self-critical about a, a record you're releasing, or at least mm -hmm. you should be. Um, but generally speaking, I, I feel like we can stand behind this one. You know, mm -hmm. um, we put a lot of energy and time and love into it. So. Um, yeah, regardless of, of how it's received, um, this is going to be a big moment for us. I've been uh, listening to the album uh, this whole week, and it blew me away. It's oh wow, cool. I think it's a masterpiece. Oh, thank you. I've already saw uh, several other sites uh, call it uh, one of the strongest releases of this year. Wow, cool. <laughs> you didn't read that? No, I mean. Um, I guess, yeah, I, I don't read much of the, the press these days. Um, I mean, I'll see the occasional thing, but um, I just feel like it's better for your, uh, your sanity, you know? Because um, sometimes in the past, I can remember getting bent out of shape if I didn't agree with something, you know, in a review or, or a piece in a magazine. Um, and ideally, you've got to let that stuff go. You can't control it. Um, so, yeah, it, it's obviously lovely when people say positive things about the stuff we're doing with the band. And um, I really would like this record to, to go down well. Um, but equally, I'm kind of prepared for a little bit of slack because you know, this is a very different scenario from when we released Surgical Steel. Um, we had a lot of goodwill coming our way back then because there was some shock value in the fact that the record was good. I think lots of people quite rightly expected it to be weak. So that's nice to get to that position, but it also means you, you set the bar higher for the next record. 
And so you can't shock people in quite the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe some people might be surprised because this record's definitely a bit more varied and dynamic than the last one. Um, there's definitely some stylistic elements that are relatively new for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's, um, it reminded me of uh, the first times uh, back in the day when I listened to the, the Chuck Schuldner records of death. It has that same feel to me. Oh, great. You're also yeah, a fan of, uh, of that work, right? Yeah, yeah, all of us like like the band Death very much. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a big one for me when I was a, a kid, trading tapes. And mm-hmm. the Death demos were just, you know, they were as good as it got, as far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and just, you know, then especially those first three records. Yeah, they definitely had an impact on this band. How did you uh, go into the recordings of this album? Uh, you already mentioned that the, the bar was higher. Does that, does that mean that you were more nervous to record this record? No, I mean, there, there wouldn't be nerves as such because, you know, you, you have been in the studio numerous times and you have the benefit of a decent recording budget. So it doesn't have to be knocked out in like three days or something. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things are on your side. Um, sure, at the back of your head, there is an awareness that um, there's a lot of work to do and it's going to be harder this time. Mm-hmm. Um, never mind what the audience or potential audience might think, your standards are higher. You know? You're going to be more self-critical. You expect more from, the, from yourself and the group. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that's reflected in the album. I mean, that's what I hear, you know, when I put it on. Um, it's, it's a band that's done a hell of a lot of touring. I mean, mm-hmm. we did about half half a decade over a good portion of the planet for the Surgical Steel record. Mm-hmm. So all those experiences are a part of this music, I would say. Um, would you say that it's uh, fair to say that you're a bit of a perfectionist? Um, yes and no. I mean... Jeff and I both have things that we're striving to, to, you know, to achieve or get right when we, when we do work with this band. Mm-hmm. But then there's also some realism going on. Um, I mean, just as, as a music fan myself and the things that, that make albums great for me, um, sometimes a record can be flawed, but it's still perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, those flaws are part of the perfection of that piece of music. Um, so it, yeah, a lot of it's down to just knowing when to let go. You know, you can keep chiseling away trying to improve something, but if you're in tune with your gut instinct, at some point you know that that's enough now. The reason I ask is that uh, because in this kind of music, there's so much going on, um, mm. so many layers. Yeah, there really are. I mean, as as probably many people would agree, um, the lengthiest part of a recording um, for a band this kind tends to be the rhythm guitars because um, if you're stacking them, you know, like in our case, um, there's usually a minimum <clears throat> of four rhythm guitars at, at any one time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just tons of work, you know, trying to get everything to match up nicely, sit, sit comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, you've got to be quite patient. You've got to have a good ear. Um, and also your engineer needs to go on top of it. Because sometimes when you're in, you know, the depths of playing that stuff, uh, you do get a bit lost. Sometimes your hearing goes, like sometimes I, I'm not able to quite hear the detail anymore, you know, just from mm -hmm. fatigue. So that's when you really rely on your engineer to point out, you know, whatever problems there might be. Yeah. How much of um, the creative process takes place in the moment itself and how much is um, done beforehand, before you take your guitar in hand, in the head, so to say? Oh, oh for me, um, it would be almost entirely just from picking up the guitar. You know, so mm -hmm. some days you're just lucky, pick it up and, and a riff comes through. And if it feels good, it's kind of inspiring. And then, you know, you spark off that and the, you've kind of opened something up and more riffs come through, more parts. And you have, if you're lucky, you have a you know a good chunk of music that way. Yeah. The only thing that I would do, uh, now you mention it, I haven't thought about this before, but the one thing I would do away from the guitar sometimes is I'll be listening to music a lot. And um, sometimes there's a t certain kind of feel in a song, uh, a drum groove or, you know, yeah, it's really hard to quantify, but something like that that just locks in my head. And at some point, I realize we could do something with that. You know, it could be something from quite a different style of music or a different era of music. Mm -hmm. But suddenly, I have a realization we can take that, adapt it, corrupt it, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. and and just make it something else. So sometimes, yeah, I'll have I'll have a kind of drum thing in mind um, quite early on in a song, maybe at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. You listen to a lot of different music, right? Uh, with your uh, with your other band and such. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's probably no secret that I'm very much into the you know '70s hard rock. Um, you know, I like some of the stuff that happened in the early '80s, especially mm -hmm. the new wave of British heavy metal. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I listen to a lot of blues and country and soul music. Um, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm the guy in the band who's living in the dark ages musically. The other guys tend to keep up with what's happening, um, compared to me anyway. They, you know, they do quite well with that. Well, I think it gives uh, the music extra depth uh, that you have this uh, bigger musical source to pull from. Yeah, I hope you're right. I mean, even if, if those things don't come across as like overt influences, because let's face it, some of it, if you were directly influenced by it, it would sound very odd in the context of a band like Carcass. Mm -hmm. But just on a deeper level, I think it helps your quality control, you know, the, yeah. the musicality of the band. Um, so just some of that stuff um, does affect how you approach music um, mm -hmm. on a really kind of profound level. I always think of music as a, a way of storytelling with uh, more than just voice. And um, I think having a broader knowledge of types of stories might help. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good analogy, actually. Um, one of the songs uh, on the new album starts with a guitar solo, uh, and then it drops over into uh, a different beat. And I mm. absolutely love that intro. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Was that something that uh, also came up in the process or? No, it was just an idea I had at home. I think um, 
I'd been listening to a couple of uh, kind of records from the Flash era. Um, one of them was uh, the band Etrop or Zoetrope, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, their first album. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it was just again, you have, when you have that feel, uh, it's not just in your head, it starts to kind of go course through you. So when you pick up the guitar, you want some of that feeling to happen. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where that part originated. Um, but of course, as we're not a thrash band, you know, for me, that's just a part, that's like, that's like an intro, and it had to switch gears dramatically. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really fun doing that with Dan. I mean, he's, he's so quick on the uptake. Yeah. You don't really need to explain much to him. I just played him the parts and said, like, I think you know what's going on here. Um, and he just jumps straight into it. Yeah, it's like you just pick up your guitar and uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, if you look at um, your previous album, Surgical Steel, and the album before that, uh, Swan Song, there's a gap of 17 years between that. That's enough to mm-hmm. grow a young adult. <laughs> yeah. How did you experience those years? Oh, yeah, I mean, working, living in different places. Um, when I say working, I mean normal jobs, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was a world I hadn't experienced before because I pretty much went from school into bands, mm-hmm. um, which sounds great, and it was. I was very lucky, but it doesn't really prepare you for life outside of music. So... This was a big lesson that I needed to learn. And uh, for the most part, it was tremendous fun, you know, because um, I had to learn very quickly, you know, not just things when, you know, when you start a new job, learning the ropes at, at the place, but also um, finding common ground with people um, who don't like the same music as you, because I've been just living in this world of, you know, gigs and fanzines and tapes and um, I didn't have much in the way of dealing with people who didn't like my type of music. Mm-hmm. Um, I was quite introverted anyway, so I really had to develop you know, some kind of social skills for the first time you know, in my mid-twenties. So yeah, I mean, that, that period is just a blur. I, I, did, I was doing music all throughout. You know, I had my own you know, band on the side there, but I mean, you know, it was very difficult to do when you, you know, when you've got like a full-time job and mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of, um, you know, lengthy journeys from your flat to to the warehouse, wherever it is. It's a, a 17-year slice of real life there. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I wouldn't change it for anything. You know, um, there were a lot of really great things that happened in that time, mm-hmm. um, and I honestly didn't think the band would ever reform. So. Yeah, I guess it just goes to show you life can surprise you. Yeah. That it does. How much of those years do you think uh, you brought with you into the new music? I'd say a lot because um, it's probably fair to say that the richer the life you've led, the, the richer your music will be. Um, I don't know... If, there's always exceptions to this. Um, I know, you know there, are, there are certain people who would be considered geniuses in history of music who did, really did just lock themselves away 
um, and become insanely good and create. But I think probably for most of us, us mere mortals in music, um, you need that, that contact with other people um, and you, you need a whole range of experiences and without even trying that, that will seep into your mood. There's some uh, really wise quotes in that little part. <laughs> uh, it comes wisdom, they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how is uh, the year going to look, uh, Corona willing? There's only one date for us this year at the moment, and that's Damnation Festival in Leeds in early November. Mm-hmm. So it's only a couple of months away, and we're very hopeful that it all works out. Um, right now it's looking good. Um, I don't want to get carried away, but live music is very, very slowly and cautiously coming back in this country. There's definitely been some, you know, some festival stuff happening. I guess we'll just see how it works out with indoor gigs because damnation is in, in a hall. It's not outdoors. Um, but yeah, that would, that would be a really big thing to, to manage to do that festival because yeah, we've, then we've finally, you know, shaken some of the rust off and you know, we can face another, you know, a new year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just don't want to assume anything right now because we, we've all seen our governments perform U-turns quite drastically. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, especially in the United Kingdom. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. I think we've led the way with some of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Um. One last turn back to the, the new album, Torn Arteries. Um, you're releasing that with a full dinner plate set. How did you land on that mm. idea? I honestly don't know. I think <laughs> the first I heard of this was, was during an interview. So yeah. I don't know if it was purely the label's idea or if Jeff had come up with this and, and kind of um, liaised with them. But uh, I thought it sounded be funny. Like, it's quite a creative idea. Um, <laughs> I've not yes. seen the thing yet, but uh, it sounds nuts, really. Yeah. I saw the packaging and I thought, that's new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully. <laughs> I really had to laugh at one of the comments on uh, on Facebook that, uh, damn you, now I have to buy a whole new dinner set. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so, um, do you have any last words for your fans out there, our listeners? Yeah, well, just uh, thanks for sticking with us. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've been waiting a long time to get this record out. And, uh, yeah, I, hope, I really hope it reaches some people. Um, as for the live stuff, God, we, yeah, we're just dying to get back out there, as any band would be right now. Um, so, yeah, I really hope we get to return to the Netherlands. Um, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I'd love to hear this stuff live. It's, um, I think it's one of your best efforts to date. Great, thank you very much. Thank you very much for uh, for talking to us, and uh, I'll, I'll see you around. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, Randy. <laughs>